Welcome to the Nightmare of Reason podcast with Roger Rudenstein, musings on music, art, and society. Today we're going to discuss the B minor mass by Johann Sebastian Bach. Bach was born in 1685, and he created the B minor mass in the very last year of his life. It is arguably the greatest musical work ever written for all time. It transports the listener into a sound world of great beauty and imagination and vision. You can hear it um, free on YouTube if you like. It is one of the best renditions of it. It's actually on YouTube, done by the Netherlands Bach Society. It's a very beautiful rendition, and it's free. So if you go on YouTube, just search for that, Netherlands Bach Society, and you'll find their rendition of the B minor mass. The mass was a what's called a parody, and not Saturday Night Live type parody, but a musical parody in the classical sense, which means it was, it was a practice that in, it was very common in Bach's time where music from the past was introduced into new works, and maybe in some cases slightly modified, maybe greatly modified, but it wasn't necessarily original. And a lot of the B minor mass is what, what would then be called a parody. Some of it had it performed previously, others had lain around in manuscript. Some critics call the B minor mass Bach's greatest hits for that reason. There's a lot of speculation about what the reason was for Bach composing the Mass. One of the biggest speculations is that he was doing it to please the current rulers of the area in Germany where he lived, who were, in fact, Catholic. Bach himself was a Lutheran, and uh, the church there where, when he created a lot of his cantatas and so on, that was a Lutheran church. But since the rulers that came into being in that area were Catholic, the speculation is that he then decided to compose a Catholic Mass that meant all the different sections of a Catholic Mass. Although, interestingly enough, the B minor Mass does not conform strictly to that. In other words, it has a lot of repeated sections, whereas the various parts of the Catholic Mass, like the Gloria, the uh, Curie, the Agnus Dei, and so on, these usually would appear only once. But in Bach's, uh, in Bach's work, they appear a number of times which sort of gives credence to the idea that this was a Bach's greatest hit thing, albeit a Catholic Mass. Sadly, the B minor Mass was never performed during his lifetime, although, as I say, a few sections of it had been done earlier when they were composed. And interestingly enough, you'll see that there's a strange thing with Bach's works. That is, when you look at the autograph manuscript, the original manuscripts, which are available on the Internet, that, in fact, the forces that you see in most performances, including the beautiful uh, Netherlands Bach Society performance, have a much larger instrumentation than the original piece. For example, the incredible piece that opens the uh, mass, the Kyrie, was for one first violin, one second violin, two sopranos, an alto, and the uh, bass, as well as two flutes and two oboes, and continuo. I defy you to find any performance of Bach's B minor mass that uses that instrumentation. 
what they do is the modern versions use sections because that's what we're used to. We're used to not hearing one first violin, using here and any number of them. And it's just a question of how many. Some of the interpretations use an entire full orchestra, full gigantic romantic classical orchestra. Those are the ones I don't like. And the good ones, like the Netherlands Bach Society, they use a much smaller a group of instruments, but nevertheless, not the f just one first violin, not just one second violin. They use a number of first violins and second violins. And the same with the chorus. They use several parts per. So though, interestingly enough, the Netherlands one does start out with a single tenor, a single bass singer, whereas most of the other ones start out with choral bass singers. So that makes it a little different, but it's still not quite in line with what Bach did. And I don't know if that would have been a good idea anyway, because having a few more instruments, I'm sure Bach would have liked that. <laughs> I think there, some of the things I've read about that, they just couldn't get the, the people to play. They couldn't get the performers. I'm sure we would have liked more. They couldn't afford them, they couldn't get them, and so on. But had Bach been able to afford more performers, I'm sure he would have been very happy about that. So it's not crazy. Now, the, the B minor mass wasn't even called the B minor mass. That was a, a name given to it many years later after Bach's death. It was just a Catholic mass, not a B minor mass. One thing about Bach that most people don't know is during his own lifetime, he was not esteemed as a composer. Yes, he was known as a composer. Some people knew his work, but by and large, he was considered a minor figure. His music was considered to be too mathematical and complex. And one of the problems with that was that, that a lot of Bach's music was composed officially during the Baroque era. The Baroque era is from 1600 to 1750. But the only reason it extends to 1750 is really because of Bach. 1750 is the year he died. Bach was 65 years old when he died. When the B minor mass was issued, this kind of music was considered old-fashioned. His sons, who were composers like C.P. Bach, were involved in the Rococo style, which was the new simplified style. It was simplified in order to please the rising bourgeoisie, the, the sort of nascent capitalist class that was in its infancy in those days that was taking over everything with commerce and so on and becoming rich and even getting titles because they could buy them. But these people were not so interested in the complex Baroque music. That was really more the favorite of the fading aristocracy. They wanted something a little more simple, although by today's standards, it wouldn't be considered simple. But in those days, compared to the Baroque, the complexities of the Baroque. So Bach was considered to be a composer of mathematical oddities with all this counterpoint and, and stuff like that and not esteemed. He had some fame as an organist, but not at all as a composer. In fact, this was so bad that when Bach died, he had copious archives, very large archives of his music, and that was sold off for paper, because paper was expensive in those days, and whoever sold them figured they'd get a lot of money. And paper was used for things like wrapping porcelain and, and that kind of thing. And so those archives pretty much disappeared. Bach died from basically a cataract operation, which blinded him and caused an infection that killed him several months afterwards. 
Ironically, this was by the same doctor, Dr. Taylor, who was a quack. Most doctors were quacks in those days. The very same doctor also blinded Handel, except that Handel uh, was not directly killed by it. He lived for several more years, but totally blinded by this incompetent doctor. Bach's reputation as a composer was revived by Mendelssohn in 1829. That's many years after Bach's death with a performance of the St. Matthew Passion. Of course, it it was much altered. In order to be easier to play, Bach was considered very hard to play. And Mendelssohn even made some content changes, although I'm not sure what they were. This and subsequent Bach works were performed in line with 19th century late Romantic standards, large orchestra, massive choral forces. And as I've mentioned in more authentic recordings, These are pared down to forces that were still, oddly enough, way larger than Bach's, but not as massive. In fact, the good recordings of Bach, to my mind, of his choral music, are are the ones where the choral uh, singing and the instruments are almost at a par in terms of the mix of the recording. I, I listened to a number of recordings before I settled on the ones that I wanted to listen to, which was the Netherlands. And also there's a good recording by the, believe it or not, the Japanese Bach Society. And those recordings balance the choral singing with the instruments. Whereas others, the choral singing goes right in the foreground and the, and the instruments are like a, a second thought. You can hear them tinkling away in the background. Not so good for Bach. This was not Bach's idea, as you can see from his original instrumentation. On the Netherlands uh, Baroque site, a Bach site, there's a bunch of comments. Many people express how wonderful that performance is and how they're just listening to it over and over again. And one of the comments is by a fellow from Croatia who says that in Croatia there's a uh, interesting joke regarding Mozart and Bach. When Mozart died, he went up to heaven and he came into the presence of God. And God said, Mozart, you're here at last. Great. I'm going to put you in charge of all the heavenly music. You're going to be the musical director for heaven. And Mozart said, well, wait a minute. What about Bach? And God said, I am Bach. So on that note, I will end the podcast. I hope you will listen to the B minor mass. It is perhaps the greatest work that not very many people know, oddly enough. I've been studying and composing classical music for many years. I didn't realize until recently, until I stumbled upon a Bach, a performance of the B minor mass on iTunes, actually, and later this one on YouTube, that this was perhaps the greatest work ever written in music. Why is that? I don't know. I'm going to be dealing with the subject of what the heck happened to musical knowledge in our society. I keep threatening to do that, and believe me, I am going to do that in a future podcast. So until then, stay safe, and I'm going to play a little more of the, of the B minor mass as we sign off here. Take care. Bye-bye.